0: The Lord of the Rings by J.R.R. R. Tolkien Continuing the story of The Hobbit Chapter 1 The Departure of Boromir Aragorn sped on up the hill. Every now and again he bent to the ground. Hobbits go light, and their footprints are not easy even for a ranger to read But not far from the top, a spring crossed the path, and in the wet earth he saw what he was seeking. I read the signs all right, he said to himself. Frodo ran to the hilltop. I wonder what he saw there. But he returned by the same way and went down the hill again Argorn hesitated he desired to go to the high seat himself hoping to see there something that would guide him in his perplexities but time was pressing suddenly he leaped forward and ran to the summit across the great flagstones and up the steps then sitting in the high seat he looked out but the sun seemed darkened and the world dim and remote he turned from the north back again to north and saw nothing save the distant hills. Unless they were far away, he could see again a great bird like an eagle high in the air, descending slowly in wild circles down towards the earth. Even as he gazed, his quick ears caught sounds in the woodlands below, on the west side of the river. He stiffened. There were cries, and among them, to his horror, he could distinguish the harsh voices of orcs then suddenly with a deep-throated call a great horn blew and the blast of it smote the hills and echoed in the hollows rising in a mighty shout above the roaring of the falls the horn of boromir he cried he is in need he sprang down the steps and away leaping down the path alas an ill fate is on me this day and all that i do goes amiss where is sam as he ran the cries came louder but fainter now and desperately the horn was blowing fierce and shrill rose the yells of the orcs, and suddenly the horn call ceased. Aragorn raced down the last slope, but before he could reach the hall f- the hill's foot, the sound died away, and as he turned to the left and ran towards them, they retreated, until at last he could hear them no more. Drawing his bright sword and crying, Elendil, Elendil, he crashed through the trees. A mile maybe from Galen, in a little glade not far from the lake, he found Boromir. He was sitting with his back to a great tree as if he was resting. But Aragorn saw that he was pierced with many black feathered arrows. His sword was still in his hand, but it was broken near the hilt. His horn cloven and two was, and two was at his side. Many orcs lay slain, piled all about him and at his feet. Aragorn knelt beside him. Boromir opened his eyes and strove to speak. At last slow words came. I tried to take the ring from Frodo, he said i am sorry i have paid his glance straight to his fallen enemies twenty at least lay there they have gone the halflings the orcs have taken them i think they are not dead orcs bound them he paused and his eyes closed wearily. after a moment he spoke again farewell aragorn go to Minas Tirith and save my people i have failed No, said Aragorn, taking his hand and kissing his brow. You have conquered. Few have gained such a victory. Be at peace. Menestrieth shall not fall. Boromir smiled. Which way did they go? Was Frodo there? said Aragorn. But Boromir did not speak again. Alas! said Aragorn. Thus passes the the heir of Dunorth, Lord of the Tower of of Guard. This is a bitter end. Now the company is all in ruin. It is... I that have failed. Vain was Gandalf's trust in me. What shall I do now? Bormir has laid it on me to go to Ministriath, and my heart desires it. But where are the ring and the bearer? How shall I find them and save the quest from disaster? He knelt for a while, bent with weeping, still clasping Bormir's hand. So it was that Legolas and Gimli found him. They came from the western slopes of the hill silently, peeping through the trees as if they were hunting gimli had his axe in hand and legolas his long knife all his arrows were spent when they came into the glade they halted in amazement and then they stood a moment with heads bowed in grief for it seemed to them plain what had happened alas said legolas coming to argorn's side we have hunted and slain many orcs in the woods but we should have been of more use here we came when we heard the horn but too late it seems i fear you have taken deadly hurt Boromir is dead, said Aragorn. I am unscathed, for I was not here with him. He fell defending the hobbits while I was away upon the hill. The hobbits, cried Gimli. Where are they then? Where is Frodo? I do not know, answered Aragorn wearily. Before he died, Boromir told me that the orcs had bound them. He did not think that they were dead. I sent him to follow Merry and Pippin, but I did not ask him if Frodo or Sam were with him, not until it was too late all that i have done to-day was gone amiss what is it to be done now first we must tend the fallen said lego last we cannot leave him lying like carrion among the foul orcs But we must be swift said gimli he would not wish us to linger we must follow the orcs if there is hope that any of our company are living prisoners but we do not know whether the ring bearer is with them or not said aragorn are we to abandon him we must not seek him first, and evil choice is now before us. Then let us do first what we must do, said Legolas. We have not the time or the tools to bury our comrade fitly, or to raise a mound over him, a cairn we might build. The labor would be hard and long. There are no stones that we could use nearer than the waterside, said Gimli. Then let us lay him in a boat with his weapons, and the weapons of his vanquished foes, said Aragorn. We will send him to the falls of Roras and give him to Enduin. The river of Gondor will take care at least that no evil creature dishonor his bones. Quickly they searched the bodies of the orcs, gathering their swords and cloven helms and shields into a heap. See, cried Aragorn, here we find tokens. He picked out from the pile of grim weapons two knives, leaf-bladed, damasked in gold and red, and searching further he found also their sheaths, black, set with small red gems no orc tools these he said they were borne by the hobbits doubtless the orcs despoiled them but feared to keep the knives knowing them for what they are work of westernness, wound about with spells for the bane of mordor well now if they still live our friends are weaponless i will take these things hoping against hope to give them back and i said legolas would take all the arrows that i can find for my quiver is empty he searched in the pile and on the ground about and found not a few that were undamaged and longer in the shaft than such arrows as the orcs were accustomed to use. He looked at them closely, and Argon looked on the slain and he said, "Here lie many that are not folk of Mordor. Some are from the north, from the Misty Mountains. If I know anything of orcs and their kinds, and here are Ma- and here are others strange to me. Their gear is not after the manner of orcs at all." there were four goblin soldiers of greater stature slant-eyed with thick legs and large hands they were armed with short broad-bladed swords not with the curved scimitars usual with orcs and they had bows of yew in length and shape like the bows of men upon their shields they bore a strange device a small white hand in the centre of a black field on the front of their iron helms was set an s rune wrought of some white metal If I have not seen these tokens before, said Aragorn, what do they mean? S is for Sauron, said Gimli. That is easy to read. Nay, said Legolas. Sauron did not use the elf runes. Neither does he use his right name, nor permit it to be spelt or spoken, said Aragorn. And he does not use white. The orcs in service of Baradur use the sign of the red eye. He stood for a moment in thought. S is for Saruman, I guess, he said at length. There is evil afoot in Isengard, and the west is no longer safe. It is as Gandalf feared. By some means, the traitor of Saruman has had news of our journey. It is likely, too, that he knows of Gandalf's fall. Pursuers from Moria may have escaped the vigilance of Vorian, or they may have avoided that land and come to Isengard by other paths. Orcs travel fast, but Saruman has many ways of learning news. Do you remember the birds? While well, we have no time to ponder riddles," said Gimli. "Let us bear Boromir away, but after that we must guess the riddles if we are to choose our course rightly," answered Aragorn. "Maybe there is no right choice," said Gimli. Taking his axe, the dwarf now cut several branches. These they lashed together with bowstrings and spread their cloaks upon the frame. Upon this rough beard, they carried the body of their companion to the shore together with such trophies of his last battle as they chose to send forth with him it was only a short way yet they found it no easy task for Bormir was a man both tall and strong at the waterside aragorn remained watching the bear while Legolas and gimli hastened back on foot to parthgalen it was a mile or more and it was some time before they came back paddling two boats swiftly along the shore there is a strange tale to tell said legolas there are only two boats upon the bank we could find no trace of the other have orcs been there asked aragorn we saw no sign of them answered gimli and orcs would have taken or destroyed all the boats and the baggage as well i will look at the ground when we come there said aragorn now they laid boromir in the middle of the boat that was to bear him away the gray hood, was, the gray hood and elven cloak they folded and placed beneath his head they combed his long dark hair and arrayed it upon his shoulders. The golden belt of Lorien gleamed bu- about his waist. His helm they sat beside him, and across his lap they laid the cloven horn and the hilt and charge of his sword. Beneath his feet they put the swords of his enemies. Then, fastening the prow to the stern of the other boat, they drew him out into the water. They rowed sadly along the shore, and turning into the swift running channel, they passed the green sword of Parth. The steep sides of toll brander were glowing. It was now mid-afternoon. As they went south, the fume of rose and shimmered before them a haze of gold. The rush and thunder of the falls shook the windless air. Sorrowfully they cast loose the fu- funeral boat. There, Boromir lay, restful, peaceful, gliding upon the bosom of the flowing water. The stream took him while they held their own boat back with their paddles. He floated by them, and suddenly his boat departed, waiting to a dark spot against the golden light, and then suddenly it vanished. Roras roared on, on, unchanging. The river had taken Boromir, son of Denethor, and he was not seen again in Minas Tirith, standing as he used to stand upon the white tower in the morning. But in Gondor, and after days, it long was said that the eleven boat ride, the elven boat rowed the falls in the foaming pool, and bore him down through Osgiliath, and past the many mouths of Anduin, out into the great sea at night under the stars. For a while, the three companions remained silent, gazing after him. Then Aragorn spoke. They will look for him from the white tower, he said, but he will not return from the mountain or from sea. Then slowly he began to sing. Through Rohan over fen and field where the long grass grows, The west wind comes walking about the walls it goes. What news from the west, a wandering wind, do you bring to me tonight? Have you seen Boromir the tall by moon or by starlight? I saw him ride over seven streams, Over waters wide and grey. I saw him walk in empty lands until he passed away. And to the shadows of the north I saw him then no more. The north wind may have heard the horn of the son of Denethor. O Boromir, from the high walls westward I looked afar, but you came not from the empty lands where no men are. Then Legolas sang, From the mouth of the sea the south wind flies, from the sand hills and the stones. The wailing of the gulls hears and at the gate it moans. When What news from the south, O oh sighing wind, do you bring to me at eve? Where now is Boromir the fair? He tarries, and I grieve. Ask not of me where he doth dwell, so many bones there lie, on the white shores and the dark shores under the stormy sky. So many have passed on Anduin into the flowing sea. Ask the north wind news of them, of them the north wind sends to me. O Boromir, beyond the gate, the seaward roads run south, but you came not with the wailing golds from the grey sea's mouth. Then Aragorn sing again from the gate of kings the north wind rides and past the roaring falls and clear and cold about the tower its loud horn calls what news from the north o oh mighty wind do you bring to me today what news of boy the bold for he is long away beneath the mountain i heard his cry there many foes he fought his cloven shield his broken sword thy, they to the water brought his head so proud his face so fair his limbs they laid to rest and Rorash, Golden Roras Falls bore him bore him upon its breast. O Boromir, the tower of Guard shall never northward gaze to Rorash, Golden Roras Falls until the end of days. So they ended, then they turned their boat and drove it with all the speed they could against the stream back to Parthgalen. You left the east wind to me, said Gimli, but I will stay not of it. That is what it should be, said Aragorn. In Minas Tirith they endure the east wind, but they do not ask for it tithe, Ask it for tidings. But now Boromir has taken his road, and we must make haste to choose our own. He surveyed the green lawn, quickly but thoroughly, stooping often to the earth. Nor irks have been on this ground, he said. Otherwise nothing can be made out for certain. All our footprints are here, crossing and recrossing. I cannot tell whether any of the hobbits have come back since the search for Frodo began. He returned to the bank, close to where the rill from the spring trickled out into the river. There are some clear prints here, he said. A hobbit waded out into the water and back, but I cannot not see how long ago. How then do you read this riddle? asked Gimli. Aragorn did not answer at once, but went back to the camping place and looked at the baggage. Two packs are missing, he said, and one is certainly Sam's. It was rather large and heavy. This, then, is the answer. Frodo has gone by boat, and his servant has gone with him. Frodo must have returned while we were all away. I met Sam going up the hill and told him to follow me, but plainly he did not do so. He guessed his master's mind and came back before Frodo had gone. He did not find it easy to leave Sam behind. But why should he leave us behind and without a word, said Gimli. That was a strange deed, and a brave deed, said Argorn. Sam was right, I think. Frodo did not wish to lead any friend to death with him and Mordor, but he knew that he must go himself. Something happened after he left us that overcame his fear and doubt. Maybe hunting orcs came on him, and he fled, said Legolas. He fled, certainly, said Argorn, but not, I think, from orcs. What he did was the cause of Frodo's sudden resolve and flight, Argorn did not say. The last words of Boromir he long kept secret. Well so much at least now is clear, said Legolas, Frodo was no longer on the side of this, on this side of the river. Only he could have taken the boat, and Sam was with him. Only he could have taken his pack. Our choice then, said Gimli, is either to take the remaining boat and follow Frodo, or else to follow the orcs on foot. There is little hope either way. We have already lost precious hours. Let me think, said Aragorn. And now many, may I make a right choice, and change the evil fate of this unhappy day. He stood silent for a moment. I will follow the orcs, he said at last. I would have guided further to Mordor and gone with him to the end. But if I seek him now in the wilderness, I must abandon the captives to torment and death. My heart speaks clearly at last. The fate of the bearer is in my hands no longer. The company has played its part. and we, Yet we that remain cannot forsake our companions while we have left. While we have strength left, come, we will go now. Leave all that can be spared behind. We will press on day by dark. They drew up the last boat and carried it to the trees. They laid beneath it such of their goods as they did not need and could not carry away. Then they left Parthgolan. The afternoon was fading as they came back to the glade where Boromir had fallen. There they picked up the trail of the orcs. It needed little skill to find. No other folk make such a trampling," said Legolas. "It seems their delight to slash and beat down growing things that are not even in their way, but they go with a great speed for all that," said Aragorn. "And they do not tire. And later we may have to search for our path in hard bare lands. Well, after them," said Gimli. "Dwarves too can go swiftly, and they do not tire sooner than orcs. But it will be a long chase. They have a long start." "Yes," said Aragorn. We shall all need the endurance of dwarves. But come, with hope or without hope, we will follow the trail of our enemies, and woe to them. If we prove the swifter, we will make such a chase as shall be accounted a marvel among the three kindreds, elves, dwarves, and men. Forth, the three hunters, like a deer, he sprang away. Through the trees he sped. On and on he led them, tireless and swift. Now that his mind was at last made up, The woods about the lake they they left behind. Long slopes they climbed, dark, hard-edged against the sky, already red with sunset. Dusk came. They passed away, gray shadows in a stony land.